0: morning, I'm ready to preach, y'all ready to listen? Are you ready to do more than listen, are you ready to help me preach this morning? Anybody gonna help me preach this morning? I need y'all to help me preach this morning, I already told, I already told our team this morning when we met for prayer that, that, that y'all gotta, y'all gotta shout with me today, y'all gotta amen with me today, you gotta dance and shout and run, whatever, whatever you need to do today to get free, you gotta do it. I said, let me start over. Whatever you need to do today to get free, you need to do it. Luke chapter 6, verse 3 says this. Jesus answered them, haven't you read what David and those who were with him did when he was hungry? Haven't you read what David and his men did when they were hungry? We're going to start this morning in the Hebrew scriptures, right? We're going to look at a point in the life of David when he was under attack by King Saul. Now, Saul was the first king of Israel. God had already, though, anointed David to be the next king. And the prophet Samuel had already gone to Jesse's house and and found that one of Jesse's sons was going to be the next king of Israel. That son of Jesse, he was David. So David is Jesse's son. David is anointed king by Samuel. But Saul is still the king in Israel. But God had already chosen David for the next. And so Goliath then appears in this story. So David is, Saul is king. David's been anointed for the next king. And now we got Goliath. Goliath shows up. And so David goes to Saul And he accepts the challenge because Goliath had sort of laid down this challenge to all of the people of Israel. He said, if you'll give me somebody to fight, if I win, then all of Israel's armies are mine. And if you win, the Philistines are yours. And and he's like, ha, 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 bring me somebody. And nobody is going to go to Goliath because Goliath is really big. He's a giant. And he's got a huge sword. And nobody wants to fight Goliath. But David hears this challenge, and he sees it not as just a challenge to the people of Israel. He sees it as a challenge to God himself. And David goes to Saul and says, I will fight Goliath. Now, David's just a boy. He is just a boy. He had been a shepherd. And he goes to Saul and says, I want to fight I'm going to go. And, and, and Saul's like, "Are you sure? And, and Saul's like, Saul ain't going to fight him. Saul's so like leaving, leaving his, 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 his comfortable chair, but, but David, he's like, I'm going to go. So, all right, well, at least, I, at least take my armor. I'm not going to go, but you want my armor, David? David tries it off and says, this ain't right. This isn't right. It doesn't fit. I'm not tested in it. It's not tested. And so David does not take the armor. The only armor that David will have will be the protection of God. The only armor that David will walk into that valley with will be the presence of the Lord. And so David enters the field of battle, you guys know the story, with only a slingshot and five stones, right? And David sees Goliath, and Goliath sees David, and Goliath's laughing, Goliath's making fun. You sending me a boy? You sending me a boy? Where you at, Saul? Let's go. Let's go. Where you at? Right? Right? said me a boy, and, and David looks up at Goliath, and he really looks up at Goliath, and says, you come against us with your sword and your spears, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And he slings that, that slingshot, right? You know the story. He slings that slingshot, that, that stone is flung, and that stone hits David right between the eyes David, uh, Goliath, right between the eyes of Goliath, falls flat. He is defeated in battle. And David runs up to Goliath. And he sees the sword that Goliath was threatening Israel with. And he takes that sword. And he, he is a big sword. Goliath is a big man. But David musters up all of his strength. And he grabs that his might and all of his power, he lifts up that sword, and he cuts off the head of Goliath. And I can just imagine, I'm going to get gross for a second, I can just imagine this, this head, right, it's a battlefield. And and David wants all of the Philistines to know that Goliath is dead. So I could just see David picking up that hairy head of of Goliath and grabbing that head and blood dripping and holding this head up. And all of the army of the Philistines seeing this boy holding up the, the head of their killer. David does, uh, this, is such a, this is so cool, it's kind of gross, but it's so cool, David doesn't leave the head of Goliath, David takes the head of Goliath with him, he walks off the battlefield dragging Goliath's head, who's going to mess with me now, Philistine, I got your man right here, Goliath is dead, the Philistines run, Israel is victorious. The threat is neutralized. And Saul sees what David has done. And Saul accepts David as a son. He is so excited. David has done it. David David went out there and killed the the threat. He he killed Goliath. And, And Saul makes David this military leader. Everyone is rallying around Saul and or around David. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, we see we see this. It says, As the troops were coming back, when David was returning from killing the Philistine, the women came out of from the, all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines and shouts of joy with three-stringed instruments as they danced, the woman sang. So, Just, let's just be real. Goliath is dead. Israel has won. All the ladies of the city come out. They're singing and they're dancing. And Saul's like, oh, yeah. And then you hear what they start singing. Saul has killed his thousands. And Saul's like, that's right. I killed my thousands, ladies. Ladies. David his ten thousands, And Saul's so like, hold up. This was about me. And so Saul, it says, was furious. Resented the song. They credited tens of thousands to David he complained. But they only credited me with thousands. Can he have but the kingdom, and so Saul watched David jealously from that day. Everyone's excited about David. everybody's excited about the new guy. Saul was excited too, until he realized that others were excited. The next day, an evil spirit sent from God came powerfully on Saul. And he began to rave inside the palace. He wasn't throwing a rave. He was raging. David was playing the lyre as usual, but Saul was holding a spear and he threw it, thinking, I'll pin David to the wall. But David got away from him twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but the Lord had left Saul. Therefore, Saul sent David away from him and made him commander over a thousand men. David led the troops and continued to be successful in all his thousand men. Or David uh, led the troops and continued to be successful in all his activities because the Lord was with him. And when Saul observed that David was very successful, he dreaded him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was leading their troops. Ultimately, church, this jealousy. It causes Saul to pursue David in an effort to kill David. Saul wanted to kill David. He said, All these people, they they they, they love they love David. He's gonna be king. The kingdom's gonna belong to him. I've gotta kill him. I've got to I've gotta destroy him. If I want to maintain my kingdom and hold on to my kingdom, I've got to kill David. Saul does not want any threat to his rule or his reign. Saul does not want his kingdom threatened. Here's the question we have to pose to ourselves. How much are we like Saul? We don't want our kingdoms threatened, right? We let jealousy cloud our judgment, right? We let pride determine our response to those we love. Saul's jealousy and pride, it ruined him, it ruined his kingdom, and it ruined those around him. But God had already chosen David. So, during one of Saul's hunts for David, to kill David, David runs to the city of Nob, to uh, the priest there, whose name was Ahimelech. David is tired, because he has been running, literally, for his life. David is hungry, David's men are tired, and David's men are hungry. And in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, we we see this story, right? So David went to the priest Ahimelech at Nob, and Ahimelech was afraid to meet David. So he said to him, why are you alone and no one is with you? And David answered the priest Ahimelech, the king gave me a mission, but he told me, don't let anyone know about the mission I'm sending you on. what I've ordered you to do, I've stationed my young men in a certain place. Now what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. And the priest told him, there is no ordinary bread on hand. However, there is consecrated bread. But the young men may eat it only if they have kept themselves from women. And David answered him, I swear that women are being kept from us as always when I go out to battle. The young men's bodies are consecrated even on an ordinary mission. So, of course, their bodies are consecrated today. So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, for there was no bread except the bread of the presence that had been removed from the presence of the Lord. When the bread was removed, it had been replaced with warm bread. And one of Saul's servants detained before the Lord, was there that day. His name was Doeg the Edomite, chief of Saul's shepherds. And David said to Ahimelech, Do you have a spear or a sword on hand? I didn't even bring my sword or my weapon since the king's mission was urgent. Now, you guys have to understand here for a second that David's lying. David was not on a mission from the king. He was on a mission to stay alive. So when he says the king's mission was urgent so he didn't have time to grab any kind of weapons, it's because he was just trying to get away from Saul before Saul killed him. The priest replied, the sword of Goliath the Philistine who you killed in the valley of Elah is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want to take it for yourself, then take it. For there isn't another one here. And David said, there's none like it. Give it to me. Eventually, guys... Eventually, that Edomite that we just read about named Doeg, he would report what he saw to Saul. And Saul would call Ahimelech to himself and the priests, and he would have them executed because of what they did for David. Doeg is actually the one who executed them. But there was one son, thankfully, of Ahimelech, who would escape? But I want to focus this morning for a second here on that bread. It's the King James version calls it Showbread. My son's favorite band, King James version, calls it Showbread. Modern translations call it the bread of the present. This was holy bread. This bread was holy. it was consecrated to the to the use in the temple for the priests to use and only for the priests to use. It was not common bread. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about common and, and holy and, and 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 righteous and unrighteous and clean and unclean. This was not common bread. this was bread that was only to be used for the service of the Lord in the temple by the priests, It was showbread. It was the bread of the presence. It symbolized the very presence of God in the temple and in the people of Israel. It was the showbread. It showed the glory of God to the people. It was not common bread. It was not lawful for anyone else to eat this bread. David is tired and hungry and he is is on a mission, Ahimelech chooses mercy over the law. Ahimelech chooses to give David and his men this bread that was not for them. Ahimelech chose life for David instead of death for David. Ahimelech believed that God will want mercy to triumph over justice. It was this holy bread. It was this bread of presence that sustained David and his fighting men. It was the bread of presence that allowed David to continue resisting the advances and the attack of the enemy. It was the bread of the presence that allowed David and his fighting men to have strength to keep going. Even when the enemy was pursuing and even when they were uh, facing trial and facing certain death, the bread of the presence kept going them moving it was this holy bread that renewed them and refreshed them it was this holy bread that sustained them and strengthened them when the enemy is attacking and chasing and running after the people of god we cannot find sustenance or strength in anything other than the bread of the presence We are renewed by the bread of the presence. We are renewed and strengthened by the bread of the presence. We are are made new by this holy bread. Jesus is this bread. We have already received communion this morning and what does jesus say he says this is my body when he gives them the bread it is the bread of life take it and eat there is sustenance there is life in the bread there is life in his broken body there is life and so i could just i could just see david right he's taking the bread and he's tearing it and he is passing it out to his men he's passing it out and they're eating and they're being strengthened and they're being they're given strength Uh, uh, Their hunger is being fed and their need is being met and they are they are eating this holy bread and it is being torn and Jesus is the bread that was torn so that we can eat and find life and find hope and, and and not fall. Time bread does any good is when it's broken and when it is consumed. The bread could have sat there on the table, but until it is taken and eaten and received, it doesn't serve. David and his men are filled. They have eaten the bread. They are nourished. They are ready to get back. tired this morning, if you have been running this morning, if the enemy has been pursuing you and been chasing you and feel like you can't go on, you feel like you are, you are broken and you are defeated, let me just remind you, take a moment to be refreshed by the bread of life. Find strength in Christ Jesus. David and his men are strengthened. Ready to go. <laughs> He's ready to go. He's ready to keep fighting. He's ready to keep moving. He's ready to to keep to keep defending. He's ready to be who God has called him to be. He's ready to walk in the obedience of God because he has been strengthened and nourished in the house of God by the bread of God. And he looks to ahimelech <laughs> He looks to ahimelech and he asks. He asked him, like, now that I am strengthened, church, now that you are strengthened, you are not strengthened to lay down. You are strengthened to fight. You are not strengthened to hang out, hiding out from the enemy. You are strengthened because you have mission and you have purpose and God has a call on your life. You are strengthened not to hide. You are strengthened to fight. And he looks at Ahimelech and he says, I, I got I don't I don't have any weapons with me. I, I need a weapon. You have you have any do you have anything? Do you have anything that I can fight with? And Ahimelech goes back behind the ephod and he pulls out this sword. Still dried blood on it from Goliath's head. And a tells David, The only sword we got here, the only weapon that we have used to cut off the head of the giant. This is the sword David used to defeat his enemy. It's a sword that's wrapped up in cloth. It's placed behind the ephod. The ephod was a was a priestly garment, right? The ephod was, was what the priest would wear, and, it, and on it was jewels, and it symbolized the people of Israel. It symbolized the tribes of Israel. And he would go into the holy place with his ephod, and it was, he was bringing the people of God into the holy place. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty in God to the pulling down of stronghold. Our weapon is behind the priestly garment. by the way. I love this. 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 When David sees that sword, when David sees that sword, I love what he says, man. When he saw that sword, he remembered that God had fought for him in the past. He remembered that day, just a boy standing before the giant Goliath, when God delivered Goliath into his hands. When he saw that sword, he, there is not another sword like that. That is the sword that God used to, to defeat the enemies of God. There's not another sword like it. Takes that sword. Imagine he gives it a few, you know, practice swings. He looks at it. Not another sword like this sword. Not another sword like this sword. Hear me, church. You need the bread to nourish you, and you need the sword to fight your enemy. The sword is the word of God. You need nourishment and the weapon. You need to be strengthened and ready to fight. Now, listen, I'm not talking about fighting. against the kingdom of darkness. I'm talking about fighting against the gates of hell because they will not prevail against the nourished people of God standing in battle. I want you to hear this, and this is how my dad would preach this sermon. And it would be so good. Listen to this. This this sword is not just the sword of the Spirit. This is the sword of your testimony. This is the sword of your testimony. Sometimes you have to look at what God brought you through to remember that God is going to bring you through again. sometimes you have to look at that sword and say, there's not another sword like it. That's what God did. That's how God brought me through. That's how God brought victory. That's how God kept me. That's how God delivered me. There is not another sword like it. This sword is your victory dance. This sword is your victory shout. This sword is your victory cry. This sword is your testimony. Hold fast to that sword. No one can take that sword from you. No one can take that testimony from you. No weapon. There is no weapon that can defeat the truth of what God has done in your life. Look at that story. Maybe right now in your own life, you can look back and say, yeah, I remember when God did that. I remember when God healed that. I remember when God met us in that need. I remember how God was faithful then. I remember how God, how God kept us. I remember how God spoke. I remember how God healed. I remember how God delivered. I remember how God changed. I remember how God restored our marriage. I remember how God, how God healed my family. I remember how God, and you take that, and that is the sword of your testimony. And you grab onto that and you swing that again because you know that if God kept you then, God will keep you now. Hold fast. Sort of your testimony. If God delivered you, then God will deliver you now. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were, ex- we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. Anybody been there? Not to Asia, but to in such a tough, situation and touch tough trial that you didn't think you could stand under so much pressure that you thought you were going to die anybody been there we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure anybody been there ready to give up just me anybody been there ready to give up the of life itself indeed we felt that we had received the sentence of death they thought they were going to die they were under so, he was under so much so much hardship so much pressure so much stress so much trial so much tribulation he thought he was going to die and if he wasn't going to die he was just going to give up but listen but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but that we might rely on god Who raises the dead? Listen to this. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us again. And on Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us. He has delivered us, He is delivering us, He will. Remember when God delivered me? Remember when God worked that miracle? Remember when God did what only God can do? You remember, I'm, I'm going to grab that sword. So, so that sword, that, that's of my past, I can, I can use it right now. He delivered me then, he's going to deliver me now. He's going to deliver me in the future. The sword, the sword of your testimony is your proof. 12 verse 11 says they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and what the word of their testimony for they did not love their lives to the point of death the word of your testimony is the weapon that causes the enemy to fear and it's the weapon that causes despair and worry and every lie of the enemy to the weapon of your testimony The word of your testimony is your remembrance of the faithfulness of God. I just want to tell you something. I just want to encourage you this morning. Hold up the sword of your testimony. have defeated your enemy go ahead and let everybody know spread the word spread the word that god is faithful spread the word that god is trustworthy spread the word that god is more powerful spread the word that god is with you he took that sword i'll tell you this morning You as hopeless. Swing that testimony, right? Every time the enemy tells you your kids are defeated, swing that testimony. Every time the enemy tells you that that your marriage is over, swing that testimony. Every time the enemy speaks fear into your life, swing that testimony. Every time the enemy tells you that you have no chance. Swing your sword of testimony. When the enemy backs you into a corner and you are ready to give up and you don't know how you're going to stand, get some sustenance from Jesus and get your sword out and get ready to swing. God is faithful. Every time the enemy comes to attack and to deceive and to tempt and to entice and to confuse, swing Your sword of testimony. God is faithful. He is the same God. He is the same God. He is the same God. Same yesterday, today. There's some people in here that just need to need to swing this sword. just need to swing that sword. The battle is not over. You are not defeated. Hear me. You are not defeated. You are not defeated. Your marriage is not over. Your future is not over. Your children are not hopeless. people that are fighting for a battle. And you need to symbolically just come up here and grab this sword. Now this is if the Lord's speaking to you. I'm not I'm not asking you to just come up here and have some fun. But I believe there are some people in this house this morning. You've been fighting a battle. up here and grab this sword, not for a show, but to remind yourself to feel the weight of this sword, the weight of your testimony, the power that is in your testimony, and you just need to come up here and grab this sword and say, you know what, God, you are faithful. It here for a minute. Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe that there may be some people in this house right now that they just need to, by faith, and in a show and in a reminder to themselves. this isn't a first show. But if that's you this morning, I just, I know this is this is unusual, but I believe for some folks it's going to be a tangible reminder that when they pick up this sword and they feel its weight, that they'll be reminded speaking to you and you need to you need to re-grab that sword. But you know what? We're fighting. We're not giving up. There's bread on this table. There's a sword on this table. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed because again this is not for a show. the enemy and you want to be reminded again would you come just grab this sword lift it up nobody's looking around because this again it's not a show this is for you this is for you i'm not giving up god there's not another sword like it i'm gonna swing it i'm gonna hold God. You've done too much, 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 God. You have worked too much in my life. You I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. It may be hard. I may be running for my life, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to swing that sword. There is no sword. about where that sword was. The Spirit is working in this room this morning. The Spirit is at work in this room. Wants to see me fail. Wants to see me defeated. Though the enemy wants to crush me, I'm not giving up. Some have come. I know your eyes have been closed. Your heads have been bowed. There have been folks come to to again say, I'm not giving up. But we're going to sing this again. And we're going to give you an opportunity before we close this portion of our service. Desires prayer would like to, like prayer this morning. I just would, I just invite you to come. I pray with you, and I believe God will meet you. Maybe you came already. Maybe you didn't. But you would like you need prayer. We believe that Scripture teaches us to pray for one another. And if you desire prayer, as we sing through this again, you're welcome to come. speak the name of Jesus over this house Lord what the enemy has meant for evil God you have meant for good to bring about the salvation of many Lord what has been fought what the enemy has been seeking to bring destruction Lord you are going to make even stronger you are going to make even stronger the testimony is going to bring deliverance, (laughs) not just to one, but to many. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. I just really want to play the drums. doubt it, but I got to hear these, let's sing that again. Thank